And welcome back to another episode of ISN Now. Joined as always by Noah Cowell. I'm Will Charlton. We have some things to talk about today that involve winning because both teams are just I mean, at that point, wrong. just at that point in the season where the NCAA tournament is right around the corner. It and is March. It is March. Happy March to everyone. And my favorite month of the year. I don't know about you. Um, I, it's, but. Pr it's pretty close with December just because I love, you know, not being in school and Christmas. But, yeah, March definitely is up there for me. And, you know, even before, like months before, everybody was saying, man, this feels like March. Well, now it's here. And you already see these crazy buzzer beaters. Last night's game was yet another example yeah. of what month it is. Unbelievable double overtime win for the Illini, 91 to 87. I mean, that game took maybe 20 to 25 years off my life. I don't expect to live much longer after that. Yeah, and uh, obviously we'll get into that in a few minutes, but we'll start like we always do with uh, a little Illini Sports Night discussion. Uh, you and I were hosting on Tuesday night, and it'll be the last time we host together until uh, next year. So, you know, it, but we, I think we ended on a good note. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great uh, season. One of our best, I'd say, since, if not our best, um, I think it's the best that I've been would, a part of. I would definitely say yeah. just because so many of our shows were, they just felt more professional um, and we were just much more prepared. We had so many live interviews, way more than we've had before. I think combined, it felt like at least when we're on as hosts. But yeah, the content was great. Uh, Emmy Larson, she just had her last show producing. Uh, she was really the tear is falling down our show right now, even though you yeah. can't see it. Emmy Sports Night is uh, is officially done, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was a great producer for us, great leader for the show. Our director is leaving as well. We have a lot of people leaving. But yeah, we're going to have a completely new Richmond studio, basically. Uh, they're doing renovations in seven days. It is crazy how just, that timer is just slowly decreasing every single I guess not even slowly really kind of fast it's, how it's it, getting here faster like, than I expected yeah right <laughs> and I mean I'm in a class here at Richmond and we're not meeting here for the rest of the semester after spring break so it's kind of weird but um just uh so on to this good old Richmond studio and I cannot wait for what Illini Sports Night has to come in the future it's yeah. going to be you, really you, exciting you haven't seen the pictures and of the, of the our, new uh, studio right the planned studio no I haven't yet it doesn't even look this like it doesn't even look close to this. Really? Like, wow. <laughs> you'll be shocked when you see it, but it's going to be so much better. But uh, a really cool thing that our podcast is going to eventually have for next year, once we're in the new studios, that we'll be able to have a video podcast and uh, be able to bring our guests on on video and everything like that. It'll be a brand new, it'll be our its own podcast room we'll be doing it in next year. So, very excited for that and everything to come with Richmond Studio starting next year. But that being said, like Noah said, the Illini last night. A little night, prematurely, my bad. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, we're excited to talk about it. We want to talk about it. It was a great night for Illini basketball in general. The men take down Michigan, their sixth straight win in the series against Michigan, 91 to 87 in double overtime. And just to hint at this, we'll talk about it later, but the women start out Big Ten tournament play very strong against Rutgers, beating them for the third time this season in a blowout fashion. That was a lot of fun, but we'll talk about the men first because we love to start with men's basketball. And how about the two seniors being honored? 45 combined points. Like, Terrence Shannon Jr. and Matthew Meyer 
they just took over. They won that win so badly. You know, it's crazy how much sports overall can just affect my mood. Oh, same here. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Illini Nation depends on these teams for how they act the next day. Like, because I mean, look at us. Last Thursday night against Northwestern, we're at the, we're feeling great, right? And then we're Sunday? leaving. And then Sunday, we're like, <laughs> what? Like, seriously, what just happened? Sunday, my day was ruined after yeah, Illinois me too. Uh, laid an egg against one of the worst teams. But, you know, uh, I feel a little bit better time. about it because Maryland lost to Ohio State, too. Ohio State could definitely beat Michigan State. But we digress uh, back to the game last night. And, man, what a game. I mean, like, best case scenario for basketball last night. Obviously, it gives it you a March. heart attack. <laughs> like I mentioned, <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep saying it's March. But it is. It is March. I mean, it, yes, it gave us heart attacks, but that's one of the best basketball games I've seen this Roller year. Roller coaster of emotions. No question about it. Crazy. Just the fact that it was back and forth. Illinois, you know, down in the first half for quite a bit of it, they managed to take a two-point halftime lead. Terrence Shannon, the normal leading scorer for Illinois, doesn't make a field goal until 12 minutes and 30 seconds left in the right. second half. Yeah. <laughs> and Illinois finds himself up by nine halfway through the second half, and then 70-63 to 63 with two minutes left. What happens from there? Michigan goes on a 7-0 run. Dickinson actually has a decent look at a hook shot to win the game. Yeah. And it goes awry. And then next thing you know, I remember we were, just like, we were just watching it like right next to each other. Like, come on. No, 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 no. Oh, no. I thought it was over. When <laughs> Dickinson got that yeah. close down to the post, he yeah. was dominant last night. He was. Obviously, you can look at some of those plays and think, oh, he flopped. Oh, he traveled. The man still scored 31 points and 16 rebounds. You have to respect his game. In 50 game. minutes, granted, but you well, know, yeah. still, it was a very impressive game by Dickinson. I mean, at that point, you've got to be tired out of your <laughs> freaking out mind. Of your gourd, yeah. And still, get, getting 31 to 16, he shot 14 of 21 from the field. And, you know, you, you have to respect his play. Not saying you should respect him as a person. Obviously, there's a lot of conflicts there with the Illini Nation and Hunter Dickinson. That's being generous. And Jawan Howard, all of that. Yes, <laughs> I'm trying to be generous right now. <laughs> because off of air, I will not be generous. Anyway, <laughs> he's a great basketball player, great college basketball player, and Jawan Howard said the same thing. Underwood said the same thing. You can't deny it. And he gets to the end of regulation. You're thinking he's going to end this game for him. Oh, yeah. And luckily for the Illini, he did not. They had a good double team there. And then all of a sudden, Michigan, Jet Howard made the tying three-pointer to force overtime. Yeah, they he let makes him get way one. too wide open. Yeah, he makes another one in overtime to take the lead. Next thing you know, they're up seven themselves with a minute 49 left. And what happens? Shannon shows up. The senior transfer just decides to turn on the Jets. He scores the final eight points for Illinois in that first overtime period and had a chance to win the game at the free throw line. But that shot came up a little bit short. And then at, even at that point, I was like, oh, no. Is Michigan really going to win the game again well, Yeah, now? they had back-to-back -back <laughs> chances to yeah, win the game did. in each overtime. They did. They did. And next thing you know, since your Harris gets a monster rebound, yep. passes it out to um, Ty Rogers, and with like a second left. Just have to try and float it up. Like, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to miss? I mean, th there's no chance he saw the clock. Right, because he totally would have shot it up. Because I mean, when he passed it, there was like a half a second left. Yeah. So he just. I mean, RJ know. looked lost that, when he tried to catch that pass. He's like, I mean, I, well, he I definitely. I mean, that's a freshman mistake, right? There. Oh yeah. You know it yeah, is. It is. I mean, and how many times are you going to have a freshman like that in a situation? Look, if Illinois would have lost, then we would have been like, why didn't Ty shoot? It would have been a chance to win. You, but you know what? He would have made that. Come whatever. <laughs> whatever. Illinois won. They escaped. But 
to kind of piggyback and talk about Michigan, I don't think Hunter Dickinson was their player of the game. I think it was Kobe Bufkin. Oh, he played great. Bufkin went 7 for 15 from the field, 3 for 4 from behind the arc, and had 23 points. I'm not too sure if that's his career high, but it's probably got to be up there in some way, shape, it's or form. It's got to be close. I don't think it was his career high because I didn't see it all over Twitter. Right, that yeah, that's what I'm assuming. That's for the Illini, yeah. allowing yeah. career highs every single game, but... I don't, I'd still have Dickinson as my Michigan player <laughs> but, of the game. He is, I mean, well, yeah, but he was such a presence. He he puts up those numbers though. Like, I mean, it's it's common. Like, you know, know he, he, I don't know if he gamely gets thirty one. I mean, and 16. no, he doesn't gamely get thirty one and sixteen, of course. But like, what I'm saying is that you know, he's known to be that guy for Michigan. Kobe yeah, Bufkin would, is not known to be that guy. Player of the game for Michigan was Kobe Bufkin. So then you could kind of argue that as making him the player of the game. All right, we'll agree to disagree here. Well, yeah, we don't always have to agree. Nope. <laughs> they both were un- unquestionably the two guys that w- were there for Michigan every, well, every, every second too. of the game. Obviously, Jet had like really big shots. They wouldn't have yeah, really been shots. in that game without him. But no. if you look at the two guys that were the guys for Michigan, it was Bufkin and Dickinson. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they combined for a total of 54 points. So. Yeah. Obviously, when two guys combine for 54 of your 87 points, that probably means it was very heavily, uh, very heavy produced game by those two players. And um, but I mean, Meyer and uh, Shannon, like we said, combined for 45. And then he throw if you throw in who, in my opinion, had his best game of the season without a doubt, R.J. Melendez, who looked like he was just he definitely did. He, you know, he did. He had 12 points, which obviously that's like, oh, okay, well, 12 points isn't that good, but no. If you saw that game last night, you saw how much of an impact he had on the game in general. I mean, he went five for five from the free throw line, all big shots, including the and one he had over the post over Dickinson, which I think was probably my favorite moment of the game last night. When he just he seeing Dickinson get posted. The, the, the flying Illini are back. The flying Illini were back <laughs> in action last night. Six dunks. Six. Yeah. And like multiple in, of them. in a Big Ten game. <laughs> Yeah, it, it wasn't like... Uh, what is I, this team? I think they had seven against like Lindenwood earlier in the year, well, but yeah, it's but that's Lindenwood. Not, that's not a big 10 Yeah, team. no, it's, it's not Michigan. Yeah. And Michigan right now, like you can say, yeah, okay, they're, they're 17 and 13. They're not overall a good team this year. Right now, they're playing like one of the better, better teams oh, in the yeah. Big Ten. I mean, There's no question about they're, it. They were 11 and 7 for the conference, in the conference for a reason. That's, not, that's a really good record in Big Ten play this season yes. going into last night. Especially given the struggles they had before that they were able to fight back. Exactly. And Underwood said it before the game that he was telling his players, telling his coaches that Michigan is playing the best basketball in the Big Ten right now, which I would agree given how Purdue has been struggling. Yeah. But then Illinois still found a way with Shannon struggling most of that game. I mean, he went four for 14, yeah. but the big stat was three, 13 for 16 from the free throw line. That and, is the definition of efficient, if you ask me. And uh, Juwan Howard, after the game, oh, the irony saying, you know, there were some questionable calls. He wasn't wrong. Yeah, he but, wasn't wrong at all. But it, it was more of questionable the other way around from what he was saying. I don't even know if I would say, I think questionable is very generous, Phil. But, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, even, I mean, you saw it all over Illinois Twitter last night. Even the uh, main media guys are saying, this is just not good officiating. <laughs> and, the, you know, they were like, objectively, yeah. you can't say this is, is, is not like, not, not rigged, but it was just really bad. Yeah. It was so yeah. objectively bad. It was. I mean, even, I mean, you know what's really ironic, though, is that Seth Greenberg last night, apparently, I mean, obviously I didn't hear it on ESPN, but. I saw a tweet that said Seth Greenberg said this is a Final Four caliber crew. 
<laughs> I, I mean, if look, I see if, that in the Final Four, I'll give him credit, but then it'll be one of the worst Final Four games ever. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to watch that game. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, the thing is, they... I'm not going to say that the refs were trying to keep Michigan in the game, but some of the calls were like, wow, really? I mean, this basketball is a contact sport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, like, like are, is Jawan Howard ignoring um, the play that when Dickinson went on a roll in that first overtime, most of those buckets were legit, most. Oh, sure. But you have the one where he shuffled his feet about three times. He wanted then, a whole vacation. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I tweeted from the Champagne Room Twitter last night. He wanted a whole vacation. It wasn't called. Yeah, and not to mention when um, <laughs> he flopped when Coleman Hawkins was guarding like, him. like, dude, come on, they you're 260 a, pounds. They called a you foul. You think Coleman Hawkins is going to make you fall down? Yeah, they called a foul <laughs> on Hawkins. They did, a re, they did a review even, didn't call a flop. And this is all more dramatic because of the flop they called on Meyer previously yep. in the first half when it didn't even look like necessarily he flopped. There may have been a little contact there. Not sure. We didn't have a great angle. That just should have been a no but call. there was also the flop that Doug McDaniel had when yeah. RJ Melendez went up and didn't touch him, but he flopped. They called a foul. He got two free throws. Yep. And look, I'm, I'm not going to act like there weren't any calls that maybe should have gone Michigan's way. I mean, that's just going to be part of basketball, but there was just so many little different examples of saying these refs did a horrible job. And yeah, you can't, this late in the season in no, games like can't. that, when it's literally the difference between teams like Michigan making or missing the tournament, oh, yeah. or Illinois, if they end up losing a few in a row, they may get close to missing that tournament. You can't have refs that are making the difference in the game. I mean, Illinois is already a lock for the tournament. It was after the Northwestern win. But, I mean, Michigan, Michigan might have had their bubble burst last night after that loss. If they beat Indiana, I think they're in. Oh, no. I mean, if they beat Indiana, yeah. Which, I mean, if we want Illinois to get a top four seed, we're actually cheering for Michigan on Sunday. But um, Personally, I'd rather... <laughs> for, for me, having a top four seed in that Big Ten tournament, I don't think it's going to make a huge bit of difference because oh, no, this team is so inconsistent yeah. that I don't you'd see them rather, winning back-to-back -back games. You'd almost rather them see play it Thursday so that they already have a win under the belt and have some momentum going into Friday. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I actually would prioritize Michigan not making the tournament over Illinois getting a top-four seed. If, I mean, that's hey, just me. <laughs> so. I, You know, if I had to sacrifice a top-four seed in Michigan, to, uh, in order for Michigan to not make the tournament, I think I'd, uh, I think I'd do that myself. I think I'd do that <laughs> 10 times out of 10. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't the know about you, but last year here. seeing Michigan make the Sweet 16 was just like... And they made it as a 17 <sighs> and 14 team. Yeah. And it's not like they were even a first four team either. Like, they, they made it just as an 11 seed. Escaped the first which four. They, they, were one, they were one of the last four buys, which is like, how? I don't know. But, shouldn't have been the case, but whatever. Yeah, who knows. Um, but continuing to talk about this game here, uh, Ty Rogers, congratulations on a career-high 14 points. Really, really impressive uh, Really impressive night from the freshman. Six for nine from the field, really efficient. And also, he had a couple free throws, too, which is uh, back to back, a right? big accomplishment for him. Um, God, if he, if he develops a jumper. Dude, I'm telling you right now. If Ty now, Rogers develops a jump shot, oh, boy. And... Well, the thing is, you think natural development of a player over time who doesn't have a jump shot, who isn't like a center, that they're going to develop one. But his shooting form is, it's so bad. Like, I'm, 
I, I've seen it in practice. Like you still see it now, even when he was making those free throws, he's shooting the ball line drive at the basket. Oh, it's as it flat as like, can be. His elbow is like way out here. He yeah. brings it up to his head and just chucks it at the rim. Yeah. I'm thinking you have to completely change his form. You like do. if you're Illinois in this offseason, you make him, which I know his work ethic, I know he's going to put in a lot of work. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. And if he can just, he doesn't even need a three-point game. If he gets a mid-range shot. That changes everything. I'm telling you now, if he gets a mid-range shot, he's going to be one of the best players in the country that's in the next even, few years. That's not even an exaggeration either. He's, um, just, he's so well-polished and everything else. I mean, yeah. he's so aggressive. He, he uses his body really well. His finishing around the rim has become so much better. His hook shots. I mean, I'm telling you, it does remind me a lot of actually the way Ben Simmons played in, in college. Because Ben Simmons was never even a shooter, but he was the number one pick just because of his abilities to, to get inside his passing ability. Yeah. Rodgers has shown that as well. His ceiling is through the roof. I mean, yeah. He had, and I mean, how about his rebounding, though? I mean, he had five offensive rebounds. And I'm not even surprised. And, Meyer, and Matthew Meyer in postgame said, I don't think you guys realize how impressive Ty is as a player. I mean, most of his rebounds come on the offensive end. He lets other guys get defensive rebounds. That's yeah. just, I mean, I've said it on Twitter before, but Ty Rogers is one of my favorite players on this team just because he hustles so much. I've always been a big hustle guy and effort guy. Yeah. And Ty Rogers is the definition of hustle and effort. It is so, like, the stuff that he's able to do just makes me so happy as, as a former player myself and, you know, like, yeah, well, Ty Rogers is awesome, you, man. You know that he. I love Ty Rogers. I can't wait to see how he, he develops. I really can. Yeah, I. I mean, that's something. I think I'm all of an, a lot of nation well can agree too. with me there, though. So. Yeah, and I think that he and Sincere Harris are the guys that you're looking for when you want that same culture that you saw previously with guys like Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, yeah, um, Kofi Coburn, Ida Sumo. All of those guys, they were in it for the long haul, and you see. These guys, we're not speculating why Sky Clark left, but just guys who don't seem like they're in it for the long haul. And, you know, you have your leaders here who are only here for one year, but then you have the guys who you want to be here for the long haul. And Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris, they're showing that effort. They're showing that they are buying into Underwood's system. They are. And that's what you need in the, in the future years. You can't just have a really successful program based off just one-year transfers, one-year transfers. You're going to have to have guys that are going to be committed. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly I mean, what they are doing right now. Like, you're seeing guys like Sincere Harris, who looks like he went down with a head injury last night, but then all of a sudden comes back in the game, which after he came back in the game the second time, he didn't come back again, it looks like. So hopefully he's okay. Which the lineup which, without him was actually doing really well. I, I mean, I like without the, Dane. Dane had a really good first half and they, they took him out for a while. They totally relied on Coleman down low to cover. He 48 minutes. Yeah. I mean. He played. Wow. No, he had 49. 49. He played every minute of the game, essentially. He played 49 of 50 minutes last night. I mean, Brad was even saying Coleman Hawkins in postgame, he was saying how much of an impact he had. Like, look, Covering Dickinson is not easy, especially when you're undersized like Coleman Hawkins is. Coleman Hawkins is not really a guy who plays down low. No. Obviously, and everyone knows and, that. But, I mean, he was staying vertical as much as he could over on Dickinson. And, you know, I mean, I got to say, I thought it was pretty impressive. I mean, he still had seven rebounds. And, I mean, yeah, sure, six points, that's it. But, like, that's really all he needed to do. Well, and the important part was that he didn't foul out. No. He found, he found a way to defend most of that time. 
most of those 49 minutes without fouling yeah. and like staying out of the game. Obviously, they would have brought Dane Danger in, but Coleman Hawkins allows the Illini to spread the floor so well because oh, yeah. he's able to do that stretch five. And, you know, he didn't score a lot. He was only three for nine from the field. But just the way he's able to, to change the style of the Illinois offense, and he's able to guard anyone on the floor, too, um, except for, you know, some big guys in the past like Trace Jackson Davis. And Which, that's just straight-up bully ball. I mean, there's really not much. You can not not many that. guys in the country can guard him. No, no. But the, the fact that he was able to play for that long and still play that hard the whole time, he just made a huge difference last night. And he was Underwood's player of the game. He said it afterwards. Yeah, he was. There were yeah. so many guys you could point to and be like, you won't win the game without them. Ty Rogers, RJ Melendez, both seniors. And then you also have Coleman Hawkins as well. It was a complete, one of the most complete team efforts we've seen this year. And you needed that against a team that's playing oh, as well as Michigan. Absolutely. I mean, like, look, I guess we'll see how they respond on Sunday against Purdue, which that'll be the only time they meet up against Purdue in this regular season. This is the most vulnerable that Purdue has been. Oh, it is. I mean, they this barely the escaped chance. Madison last night. Barely. This is and their that's chance. a team that Illinois went in and crushed in Madison with that same lineup. So, I mean, if you want to play Purdue at any point in the season, right now is it's the right best now. time to do it. Because, I mean, they already have clinched the outright championship at the Big Ten, so they're not really playing for anything right. as of right now. Illinois is because they're trying to get a top four seed in the tournament. They're trying to play for one seed, Purdue. They already clinched it. No, no, I meant in March. Like I, I, I think they've already clinched the one seed. I, I think know. the only way they the, the only way Purdue falls off the one line they is could lose they, two straight here, and maybe get a fringe two or fringe one two. They okay. The absolute worst case scenario is that UCLA wins the Pac-12 and and jumps over Purdue. Yeah. I think that's the only other way I that mean, a one seed will be determined. You, I think the one seed's already locked in personally, in my opinion. You still got to believe. I think it's that. Kansas, Purdue. Uh, blanket it out right now, but um, Houston. You, oh, yeah, Alabama. obviously Houston and Alabama, right? Yeah, so those four. Which got you put know, on the spot I, there. That was embarrassing. It's, <laughs> it's fine, um, but like it's still. You, you could say it's locked in from like a certain perspective, but we don't know for sure yet. If I'm Purdue, yeah, you win that game against Illinois, then it's locked in. Yeah, at that point, that's fair. You still beat an Illinois team that is gonna is probably on the seven eight line right now. After, After last night, it's probably Michigan, seven eight. Probably line, seven yeah. eight. Yeah, and you're close to that. And if you're still able to win that game, you get some momentum going into the Big Ten tournament. They're still going to want to win both, right? They don't want another yeah. team to win the Big Ten championship. That's true. It's not like it's like where they rest players or something like that. We won't see that. Oh, of course, yeah. So they're still going to give it their all, and the Illini. It obviously means a lot more to them right now than it does to Purdue. I mean, it would mean everything to Illinois. Yeah. I mean, Purdue would just be kind of like another another home win. Yeah. So. I mean, you expect Illinois to go in there with as much effort as possible. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. We actually didn't see Illinois have a lot of problems last night without Epps. Um, Which hopefully, fingers crossed, but uh, it, apparently the injury, the concussion is not as bad as they thought it was after the incident in practice. That's we good. didn't really hear too much about it, but Underwood last night said he's still not sure about his condition. So, yeah, which you, you have to like be worried about how bad that'd be if right if it's a basketball injury he had to hit his head so hard like on the ground that he needed to go to the hospital yeah that's it, dangerous it's just it's so rare to hear about that basketball too especially in practice yeah like that's like a curbello level like being out for like a few months maybe if yeah at least you know that a lot of that was maybe because they played curbello when he had the concussion yeah but 
you know, all, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to Epps and hope he can have a speedy recovery. And, Amen. you know, uh, if he can't get back to the team by the end of the season, hopefully he just like focus on recovering for his health, you know. Absolutely. But once again, the, the Illini pull off a thrilling 91-87 victory over Michigan, and they will wrap up the season, the regular season in West Lafayette on Sunday. We'll give our prediction for that in just a little bit. But let's first talk about a team who played last night and will and will be playing again tonight, the women's basketball team who, my goodness, 81-55, to winning their, making their first semifinal First quarterfinal, rather, in the Big Ten tournament since 2012. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Shauna Green's first uh, first game in March did not disappoint. No, it did not. I mean, you know with Dayton, she uh, she probably loved that month. But Yeah, I mean, she was used to it, Dayton. Yeah. If the Illini didn't clinch a tournament bid, they certainly have now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think they did already with after they beat Rutgers on the road. I mean, you the get a, game before yeah. this one, literally. <laughs> you get a little worried. Like this whole this whole entire year, it's been like this team is is going to make the tournament. Like they they are going to do something they haven't done so long. Yeah. Then you lose to Nebraska, get humiliated. That was like, and you're like, uh, you're one loss away from maybe not making it. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. And you're without two consistently, like present players in like important players in Jayla Odin and Bryn Shoup Hill. Yeah. yeah. After a loss like that, going on the road to Rutgers, what do they do? Blow them out. Respond what, just perfectly what, what, again. What, what do they do after that? Shoot when nearly 60% last night. That's insane. Yeah. They, and they, they, they beat them back to back. Yeah. Right. They went on the road and then Rutgers gets a win, maybe a little bit of momentum to start the big 10 tournament. Illinois <laughs> like, no, nah, we're going to shoot 60% from the field. Yeah. And we're going to beat you by 26. We're going to almost break the single game percentage record in which all they of were big on 10. pace to in the third quarter then obviously they took the starters out, let the backups get yeah. some time. So which it was the, the I definitely record don't was think 64%. It was something like that, yeah. It was around yeah. there. It was like set back by Iowa in like 2016 or something yeah. like that, but But this team is good when their stars are efficient and just look at the numbers. I mean, Makaira Cook was oh, I guess, 10 for 13. I guess uh, there was an old, there was two duos who combined for 45 last night. How about that? Makaira Cook and Genesis Bryant combined for 45 as well. 24 for Cook and 21 for Bryant. 10 for 13 and 8 for 11 for them, respectively, well, from the field. That is the, insane. If you if you don't count Kendall Bosick in that, the big three of Cook, Bryant, and McKenzie, their field goal percentage was insane. I mean, that's... 18 for 24 from just Cook and Bryant alone. Then you have a 5 for 8 from McKenzie. She had 12 points as well. And then you still have Bostic in there. a homecoming game for her, too. Yeah. Bostic gets a – I mean, she didn't really have to have I a mean, when you have that input. much production from your Cook, Bryant, McKenzie, yeah. you don't even need Bostic to put up those double-double numbers. Not really. And she still had 6 points, 5 rebounds. It's not That's like she fine. was in – That's fine. Yeah, she had an assist as well. This team – is hard to beat when you have their guards playing like that. Oh, they have a chance and, to beat Maryland tonight if they play it like that again. Yeah, it's just not having Bryn is just so tough. And they could be winning at half. Like just, let's just say they're winning at half again. They have to find a way to be better on that press break. Because oh, yeah. the, the length of Honestly, the guards. I wouldn't even be shocked if Maryland just comes out in the press right away. Oh, if, how well... I were, if I were them, I would do that. Yeah. I mean, come on. They have a, a really smart coach, and like they had a really smart game plan once they realized what the Illini were like struggled at mm -hmm. and so yeah if i'm them i immediately start doing it you i mean even before they actually get warmed up in game action if you can do that and get them riled up next thing you know you could be up double digits in the first few minutes so 
we'll have to, I mean, that's obviously a big key for how the Illini can manage that game better than they did the last one. But then you also have Diamond Miller, who's like a lottery She's pick. She's a, uh, a force to be reckoned with. She had, what, 31 against the Illini the last time? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, she was, I mean, they couldn't stop her last time. And, nope. you know, you, you do have Genesis Bryant back in this game, which is a big difference from the last matchup. That's true. She was out in the, in the matchup against Maryland. Which made so. it a lot harder for them to use anyone else other than Makaira Cook and yeah. McKenzie. And, yeah, it's, it, that's a huge boost. But still, you're going to have to find a way to contain Miller. And you're not going to have a Maryland team show, shoot 0 for 17 again. No. From three. No, no. That's just not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I don't Which, think they've done anything like okay. that other times in the season. So. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's a reason. They're a top, they're a top 10 team for a reason. I think they're number seven right now, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Um, this Maryland team is not going to be an easy matchup at all. I mean, we, we know it from the first matchup in College Park that Illinois is going to have their hands full tonight. Yeah. And, but, I mean, hey, they're doubted. They're the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, go have some fun, right? Yeah, I mean, it relieves a lot of the pressure after they're basically a lock at this point. Yeah, for the tournament, I mean, and now, now they can just play free, and they're still the underdogs. So there's that aspect of they have still more to prove. I mean, people are still doubting them, saying that oh, they're not going to win a game in the tournament. They don't have a few of their key players. They've still been declining ever since they beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've heard that. They've heard the hate, and they're like. We need to put the nation on notice. And, you know, if they do that against Maryland, that's something that'll happen. Because Maryland blew out Iowa, who then beat Indiana. Because Caitlin Clark, unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that shot was ridiculous. You look at the top six. That was a crazy weekend in Iowa City last week. Yeah, man. I mean, imagine going to both those games as an Iowa fan. That would have been something. I couldn't imagine. But, I mean, this Big Ten, when you look at the lower teams, it's such a big difference when you get to, like, the top six. In, in the it's, conference. It's very top-heavy. It's so a very top-heavy conference. Yeah. So elite. And the fact that the Illini are competing against them just shows... I think Purdue is the seven seed. Just like, I, I'm not too sure if they're in the field right now of 68. Which um, they, if they, they are, they're probably on the if, bubble team. They're probably on the bubble. But... Uh, they just saved their season 60, potentially last night when they beat Wisconsin. They did. They did. At the last um, second. Yeah. That would that would have been a very bad loss for Purdue's resume. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely six teams in the Big Ten this season who will make the field of 68. And, but when you look at that top five, though, that top five of Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, those five teams are just it's they're me all a little bit, very I'm not good. Lie. Like I if, mean, look, if Illinois, if Illinois wins tonight, awesome, but I don't think you're winning tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what's so hard about it. Yeah teams that actually are so impressive about teams that actually win the Big Ten championship because that yeah. means that, especially if you aren't one of the top four teams, you're going to have to win, what, three, no, four straight games against elite competition. Oh, yeah. And it's not like they're in the men's league where everybody is just completely equal. You have a six-way tie for second now in elite men's. Teams. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. You have those five elite teams in women's that you're going to have to play at your A game every single game against those teams. The Illini did that against Iowa back at That's home. That's why they won, yeah. And they were able to win that game. You can't convince me that they could be able to do that back-to-back games, especially with the injuries they're dealing with. I mean, you just have but, to... Yeah, I mean, I'll use an example here. You looked at the Penn State game. They played incredible. What did they do? Followed that up against Nebraska and lost by 33. 
So it's like, I mean, I'm a little worried that they took out all their perfect from last night, and now tonight they like won't be able to make anything. <laughs> Which, you know, it's good they gave him um, rest, gave the bench some playing time. Oh, definitely. Obviously, in that I mean, case, they would. Makaira Cook and Genesis Bryant only played 26 and 28 minutes, respectively. Which they're used to playing almost 40. Yeah, so literally. That. I mean, <laughs> that they played like 10 minutes less each than they're used to. So, I mean, I think the fact that they might have some, you know, fresh legs for tonight, that might definitely help. And you need, you need Bostic. I think she tonight had, she Bostic, had one field goal. Yeah. I think tonight time. Bostic is going to have to really kind of step up. She hasn't had a real She needs a double double tonight. Yeah. She hasn't had many like Kendall Bostic S games outside of Penn State when she had the what twenty two and, and eighteen. Yeah. She hasn't had double double really close to that in the past like month or so. No. And so you need that, especially with Bryn out. Right, you. She's the main person they're going to focus on. Yeah, she's got to step up, and then all of a sudden you're drawing attention from the defense. Then you have your guards outside; they need to make shots as well. If you have a hot shooting Illinois, they could definitely get the win tonight. I agree. But uh, speaking of women, we might as well predict their game against Maryland first, since they're playing tonight. So let's go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Illinois keeps it close for a while. Um, I'm, pre I'm predicting they lose. I have a feeling that our predictions are going to be the same for both of these, uh, for the, both these games this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting they lose. Uh, I think I was actually about to say 83-71, which sounds very similar. <laughs> yeah, like to... really quiet after like, yeah, I think they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember what I predicted for the last one because this seems very similar to what I predicted. But I know, mean, I, to be I'll, fair, I'll they say... were playing Rutgers on the road. We all, yeah. we all. Oh, no, no I'm, I'm talking about the last time I predicted Illinois Maryland. Oh, oh, right, yeah. right, right. So. I'll say I think Illinois is down a few points at half, and then I think they still keep it within six or seven at the end of the third quarter, and then Maryland just makes a few big shots uh, to push the lead to double digits, and they keep it around that. I think they win 80 to 68. Okay. Yeah, I actually think the Illini play a very, very impressive game tonight. I think they follow up last night's performance in a very impressive way. They won't shoot as good as they did. They won't have that much of a good performance, but they're going to give the Terrapins some troubles tonight. And they might be winning in the fourth quarter a little oh. bit. They might be winning. Okay. But they lose. They don't stop Diamond Miller. <laughs> Diamond Miller takes over in the fourth quarter and ends up leading Maryland to a very small margin of victory. I think the Maryland Terrapins escape with a four-point win. And I got them winning 76-72. Wow. I think the Illini keep it really close and play them very tough. But just Diamond Mill and the Terrapins are just a little too much to handle towards the end of the game. And the Terps will escape and do a Saturday matchup with more than likely Iowa. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I just want to see a competitive game. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going in expecting the Illini to win. Mm -hmm. But if you can just see them compete for almost 40 minutes with a team like that, unlike they were able to do the first time, they were able to compete for 30 minutes and then right. the third quarter was disastrous. If they can just keep it relatively close for that whole entire time, show they can compete against a top 10 team, you're giving me a lot of hope and optimism for them competing against teams come the oh, actual yeah. NCAA tournament. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, But hey, I mean, if they make it till tomorrow, then We'll have a bigger That's conversation awesome. at that point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I guess we can talk about this real fast before we predict Purdue, but uh, next week we will 
our episode will be predicting or reviewing the Purdue game and predicting the Big Ten tournament, previewing the Big Ten tournament, and then uh, recapping how Illinois did in the Big Ten tournament. And uh, that will be coming out a little earlier in the week, uh, next week. But um, anyways, we digress. Purdue on Sunday in Mackey. I'm going to be there. Can't wait. Uh, covering the game live from Mackey Arena. And uh, first time I'll be heading out there. So my, my third road game will be covering in the past six weekends, which is crazy. But anyways, Noah, do you think the Illini get the job done in the loudest arena in the Big Ten? I think the Illini are up by 12 at halftime. I think they go in and, where you know. You, where are you going with this? I think you know where I'm going with this, Will. <laughs> I think the Illini are actually, it, it, here's up why I'm confident. Here's, here's why I'm confident about the beginning of that game. Because you actually, for once in this season against Michigan, you saw a different offense. You saw an offense that wasn't just relying on threes. Yeah. Now, I'm taking away from the, like, four of the last five shots in second overtime. But right. they were aggressive. They were dunking a lot against a Big Ten team. They had a lot of points in the paint, and it wasn't just from guys like Dane Danger. He was out most of the second half, and the Illini were aggressive. Ty Rogers looked the best he has all season. R.J. Melendez looked the best he has all season. And guess what? They're going to continue that. You have to believe. I mean, yeah, like, like you just showed me, 46 points in the paint. Underwood it's has more, to see more than that. half the points they scored last night. Yeah, Underwood was so encouraged by that in the press conference last night. And you know he's going to be telling his players, that's how you beat Purdue. It's mm -hmm. not by shooting threes. Because the second you miss a few of those, you're cold early. What yep. happens? You're down double digits. Because all of a sudden, Zach Eadie's just working down low yep. on them. And yeah. I, I think that, yeah, Edie, you can't stop him. I don't even think you can contain him. I still think he gets 30. Yeah, he probably will. Um, but I, I think he only has like 10 and a half. <laughs> the Illini are up, t up 12. Why are you and, going with this? And um, Mackey gets really, really rowdy after the first few buckets from Purdue in the second half. Oh, boy. And they go on a crazy run. Oh. And Illinois loses by eight. 80 to 72. I, I think that wow. it's just, it's so hard 80? to keep. Purdue's putting up 80? I think they, haven't, so. they haven't put up that much lately. You're, you're talking about an Illinois defense that gives up career highs almost daily. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's fair. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, it's so hard to keep a team down like that for 40 minutes is the thing. Yeah. And I think that Illinois will use their aggressiveness recently to get that lead, but then they'll fall back when, you have guys start making threes like um, Fletcher Lawyer and, you know, Braden Smith, I think, is going to have a big second half, too. Yeah. Edie, I think, scores 30. 30 and 15. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably pretty realistic. So, 80 to 72 is my pick. Well, I'm with you on the halftime lead for Illinois because uh, they've, you know, when in the games that I've seen in Iowa City and Bloomington, they were up at, they were up at halftime in both those affairs, and uh, I don't see why this would be any different. Um Illinois is up, I'm going to say they're up 35 to uh, thirty-five to 30 at halftime. Okay. You know, Zach Eady probably has around 12 to 15 points at halftime. Can Purdue's pretty cold from behind the arc. Uh, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer haven't really found their groove just yet. But uh, I also feel you that the second half is when Zach Eady will really come alive. Um, and I think this game is potentially going overtime. Which would be kind of crazy after uh, after last. I mean, game. I was about to say, remember the last um, time Illinois and Purdue played? Yeah, <laughs> that was the last time, correct? Double overtime. 
Uh, well, that, I mean, that was... That was the last home That was the last matchup. home game, yeah. I mean, and Mackey was a different story right. last year. Uh, yeah. Purdue won pretty handily in Mackey. Um, I, tried to, I tried to erase that from my memory. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. You, I didn't really want to remember it either. Um, <laughs> no Illinois. But, uh, yeah, I think this... Illinois is going to be catching Purdue at the right time. I think that the Illini have a... They definitely have a shot to win this game. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they, they for do. sure have a chance. This is their best chance. This is their best chance to beat Purdue this whole season. If it was at State Farm Center, I'd predict a win. I would straight up predict a win. But the crowd of Mackey is going to be the reason the Illini cannot pull this one off. I think in the second half, Purdue just goes on, I'm not going to say a big run, but they go on a run that gives them the lead with maybe about 12, 11 minutes left, and they won't give up the lead once again. I think Purdue ends up escaping Illinois in a very dramatic game as – What's new in the Big Ten, right? Purdue has been close in most of their games recently, yeah. and I yeah. don't expect this one to be any different. Yeah, I think I think if uh, whatever Illinois is favored to lose by, I'd say that they will cover that. And uh, I think that Purdue will end up winning in a very, like, literally they're going to win by two. Purdue is going to beat Illinois by two points, like Illinois has done on the road what, lately. What, what are the final? And what does the final minute look like there for you, Will? The final. Okay, so Purdue is up by five with about a minute to go. Meyer hits a three. Okay. And Illinois cuts it to 67, or yeah, 69-67 Purdue. And then Meyer shoots another three trying to win the game and misses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be pretty fitting. Yes. I'm not going to lie exactly. to you. And Illinois, yeah, Illinois misses a game-winning three and uh, stole the words right out of my mouth. Purdue wins 69-67. to and I could just picture Twitter then. Why take the three there? I yep. totally picture yep. I, I, oh I'm, I'm already, I already like envisioned it happening. <laughs> so I think Illinois plays a great game, though. I think that this will not be a loss that, dis- that discourages them moving forward because, I mean, even though they're going to be playing on Thursday after this loss, it won't discourage them. I think they're going to get a good matchup on Thursday. They're going to win. They'll get to Friday, and that's when things will get interesting. Okay. But Illinois will – Suffer its 11th loss of the season, finish 20 and 11, and uh, they will move forward from there. But uh, note, we both have losses tonight and Sunday for both teams. Hope, I mean, obviously, we both want to be wrong. But, yeah, well, um, let, let, let's keep in mind here we're playing like Illinois teams on both sides are playing top 10 teams, right? Yeah. So it's not unreasonable to predict losses, and maybe we're hoping that, you know, it like does an anti jinx, you know? Right. Yeah, reverse psychology. But, um, exactly. We have a bit of a fun announcement if things do work out for next week. Um, we plan on bringing you two ISN Nows next Ooh. week. We're not going to spoil what the second one is, but uh, our first episode will be out either on Tuesday or Wednesday, recapping the women's tournament and recapping the end of the regular season, previewing the Big Ten tournament for the men. And then uh, a few days later, we plan on doing a second episode later on the week but once again we won't spoil that we'll uh we'll let you kind of think about what that might be until we announce what it will be next week but thank you very much for tuning into this episode of ISN now as always close it out all i have to say is brad underwood owns juan howard <laughs> all i have to say brad I'm underwood is I'm six good. and oh I, against... I, said, I said my piece brad underwood is six and oh against the head man for the wolverines but We will be seeing you next Tuesday or Wednesday and to have our final podcast for the regular season for men's basketball. Thanks for listening. Also, it's March. It is March.